0: The
1: creator economy is at an inflection point. Creators of all sizes and all niches are building engaged audiences and through those audiences, building several unique ways to monetize these audiences beyond the traditional scale advertising world. This is also being further accelerated By platforms that are helping creators build these forms of monetization by providing tools and a team that will help them structure and grow a pipeline of value for their audience and through that, build a pipeline of revenue for themselves. One such platform that has grown substantially in recent times is TagBango. And today, I have their co-founder and CEO, Divyan Shudabani, on the show to not just discuss his journey and the platform, but also get a broader view on where the creator economy is headed. I'm Varun Dugirala, and this Advertising is Dead, right back with Divyanshu. Welcome back to Advertising is Dead. I'm happy that I'm finally doing this. You and I have spoken about doing this, I don't know for how long, and we're finally doing it.
0: (laughs) No, I'm thrilled to be here. I was always looking forward to this. is one of the best podcasts on the Indian internet. Recently, I tweeted that as well, mm. uh, and I'm glad to be here. Thank you for inviting me. You know,
1: <laughs> you and I have had many conversations offline about this. We've spoken about the creator economy. We've spoken about the entire space. Sure. Um, I want to start off today by actually asking you. I know you started off as a creator and you kind of got into this, but kind of if you had to kind of do a bit of a flashback and say how you kind of got into the space and how that led you to. To setting up tag. Man. I think that, that do a bit of a rewind on that one.
0: Sure. Okay. So effectively, this is back in 2017, 2018. I was just out of college. So I graduated from Xavier, studying business and I right got out of college. And uh, in my final semester of college, I started creating content on social media. And uh, this was like five, six videos, nothing serious. I was trying to kind of share my thoughts about books I read, conversations I'd had on through a video format. And the inspiration for that actually came from a previous venture I was doing while I was in college itself. So this was like a social entrepreneurship venture that I was, um, I had started in college called Wake Up Kid. And we were Mm -hmm. building a lot of social awareness videos on the same and in one of the videos me and my co- that previous co-founder we were like directly talking to the camera and uh, it got about 15 20000 views on facebook that time this is this is me third year of college and i didn't understand like hey this is super interesting like what is happening here 15 20000 views is also not a joke and when i got that insight in my final semester also because i was like one of the underlying propositions was i was applying to Uh, some colleges outside India, like an HBS and a Stanford. Uh, It also helped me in profile building in a certain way, saying that, okay, I'm creating content, uh, etc, etc. So the final six months of college, while I was doing that, uh, I got really good hits on the video content pieces that I was creating. And when I got out of college, I thought that this looks super interesting as a space, because then I started looking at it more from an entrepreneurial lens and less from a creator kind of lens, saying that, If in the US, all of these individuals have built their respective distributions and then they can build their businesses on top of that, which is either through brands or through direct-to-consumer, that is super interesting. And if I've had the knack to actually communicate and I have the gift of the gap to actually put that forward, let's dive deeper into it. And that's when I took it up more professionally. One month out of college, I started getting invites from different places to come and speak there. And my dad was like, why are these guys calling me? I was like, uh, it's an interesting, interesting proposition overall. And then one thing led to the other. I I built a lot of content uh, on Facebook at that point of time. I built another social platform, like a a Facebook page called the Soch Network. There we garnered like 700, 800,000 followers as well, about 100 million views on, on that as well. And was just trying out different such online distribution mechanisms but was not able to kind of figure out monetization for a long time. Then we continue talking and that was the premise on top of which we started the company to solve for the monetization challenge effect. But to begin out with, like this was the starting story uh, of how I actually got into the space and what was the underlying thesis behind it
1: you know you make an interesting point and, and I feel this is many creators yeah. there right? many creators who kind of got into it say, okay I, I know that this is a way for it to kind of grow and scale but how do we make money out of this because the traditional mm. just through ads or just through some brand deals is one way but I think what we're all kind of learning is that's not the only way and that should not be the only way to do this right is that there are so many right. no more ways to really be able to do this you know and the fact that you also did go to Y Combinator and you, you've been through that journey as well sure. so go to the thesis you started off which okay this is what we kind of want to achieve to now what have you seen both in terms of how you look at the space how has that kind of evolved but also what do you think the how the opportunity has changed how has the opportunity for creators kind of changed from let's say from the time you kind of kick this off to now
0: overall I think over the last 4 to 5 years there's been like a total shift in terms of the creator economy. And when I say that from one, a perception standpoint, like how people perceive content creators now and now they take them more seriously versus what used to happen back in 2017-18. When I used to tell an uncle that, hey, I'm doing content creation, they're like, uh was the usual kind of response statement that used to used to effectively come and now now also serious money is flowing into influencer marketing to begin out with as a standard when i was there and the niche I was content creating content in there was hardly any brands like there was only brands spending on fashion travel those kinds of influences itself and i was creating value add content for my audience and there's no brand there's no edtech, fintech plays that were really investing heavily uh, back then as well so that was a big gap overall in terms of spend so both ways it's completely transformed uh, and now, now we are at what acted as the as the booster was COVID nineteen itself. Once COVID nineteen hit, then then everything buzz went berserk. And with mm. the integration of Instagram Reels uh, and the move out of TikTok, there was this huge barrage of content creators kind of coming in across different categories and testing different different things all together. So, and as of today, if I see. Now content creators overall are becoming more and more mature overall in terms of their thinking. And a number of them are approaching it from kind of an entrepreneurial lens rather than just an artist lens. And Mm. that is what's the most kind of exciting thing for me. They are taking inspiration from a Logan Paul or a Mr. Beast who are building all these direct-to-consumer brands, be it through NFTs or through Mr. Beast's burger chain. And now a lot of them are thinking, okay, I have built my customer base. What is a product that I can kind of uh, send or or sell to this customer base, be it in the form of merch, NFTs, online courses, whatever that particular product might be, and start monetizing in long-term formats on the same. So that's a very clear shift in thinking that's happening. There's a long way to go to further kind of ingrain it in terms of the mindset, but there's definitely a very positive shift.
1: You know, you brought up a bunch of pieces there, right? Because just kind of, taking a word of view of how this is kind of changed. And I agree with you, right? Last last two years has been this real big shift and people saying, okay, I can actually create content and make money out of it in so many different ways. You've gone from saying, okay, you yep. need to have a certain amount of scale of followers or subscribers or any of those things to really be able to get, you know, uh, get some form of monetization into. Now saying, okay, if you're a specialist and if you actually can go deep into a certain area, that's actually yep. where the opportunity might actually lie 100%. and what you can actually do. So looking at all of that, and also because you you have spent some amount of time in the States and I think the, some of the inflection points of what we actually can, are being able to do now started off with, I think the term creator economy started off from there uh, in many True. ways. Um, yeah. I think it's come everywhere here. Yeah. When you, and you were there... Uh, Recently, And I want to ask you, what have you seen about how they're seeing it? Because I feel that some of that ripple effect is already happening here. But what are you seeing as, and you mentioned a few things, right? You you mentioned NFTs, you mentioned uh, the Mr. Beast Burger and all that stuff. But just from a perception standpoint, because we're getting there now from a creative economy uh, lens here in India. What are you seeing the lens having changed in the American market? Yeah. And how can that kind of translate here?
0: So when I compare and like juxtapose both the Indian and the US kind of markets, like India is three to four years behind the U.S. market in terms of the pure creator economy, if I look at it as a stage. So there's So There's been three stages in the creator economy overall. One, the first stage has been when all of these social platforms kind of came up, which is Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all of these kind of came up. The second stage, and then creators identified that, hey, I can build content on these social platforms and find distribution for myself. The second stage came when influencer marketing and brands actually came in and said that, hey, we can actually pay you for something like this. And that was the same stage we saw in the US as well. And the third stage comes in terms of a greater evolution, which is where monetization platforms came in, uh, like a Patreon, uh, like mm-hmm. a buying your coffee, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. Community platforms, much more evolved platforms came in like a Discord, saying that, hey, how can you build deeper communities if you've built 100,000 base on an Instagram? And then further on top of that layering, they were, they were thinking, what are some other problem statements? So financial problems are now being solved for in terms of better mm. invoicing, management, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. Platforms like Carrot, which are like credit card companies for creators, mm. which also kind of help them uh, provide them with loans and things like that. So, so this is the third step of the evolution that is taking taken place. And it's quite, quite mature now, I think, in the US. A lot of these companies are quite mature. Patreon's been there since 2013. Uh, yeah. In India, we are at that inflection point between stage two and stage So a a lot of early stage startups are here in terms of the creator economy who are trying to solve, including like ours was trying to solve for the different problem statements. There's an Avalon was trying to solve for community. There's us who's trying to solve for monetization. I just heard three, four pitches of carrot for India and financial challenges. So we're, yeah. we're at that inflection point And that maturity is also coming in the entire creator ecosystem also. So that's the kind of, kind of juxtaposition that I would do with the US market overall.
1: And coming to your platform itself, right? Um, talk to me about, if you look at it right now, what are you seeing as, when you started it off, you thought, I'm sure you had a couple of things and like this is how, what it's going to be about. These are things that will work. Sure. Uh, these are things which I think will maybe not be required. In most cases, as I've seen with any company, a lot of those go out the window and a lot of new, a lot of changes happen. For sure. Um, yeah. What for you has actually been working for creators on the platform? What's been the things that have a surprised you, but also been things like, okay, this is like validation or something which we we thought would happen.
0: Right. So since, since the beginning of the company, we've gone through so many pivots that I think I can write a book on pivots itself. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just been, it's just been crazy. So for context, we started off by building like an influencer marketplace, connecting brands with micro and nano influencers. Then we got through YC and then we had the insight that this is not a big enough that we are attacking. Uh, which is a limited market that we are attacking. And also there's this huge human element when it comes to a brand plus an influencer kind of connection, which is non-scalable. So those are like the two theses on top of which we said that, hey, this does not work. Let us expand the market instead of staying in the market. So we, we moved from brand influencer interaction to monetize that. We moved to influencer audience monetization. And then we started figuring out multiple models there. We started out by testing out a video shout out platform. So like something like Cameo for the India market. And we always wanted to build something towards the direction of Patreon, uh, which is more scalable, like a high volume, low price fund game overall uh, in the India market. And, and while we were building all these different feature sets uh, in terms of interaction, we saw that most of our traction was coming through live streaming and especially which, was, which had an education angle to it, which makes mm. sense as well because India overall as a country is a very value-conscious country. It is still early to pay for pure, pure content in India. I think for my thesis on this is it'll take a year and a half, two years as companies like ours spend money, educate the audience. Uh, and other creator economy companies kind of also come in. And simultaneously, there is the younger generation start making more money, who've been born and brought up entirely on content itself. They will have a propensity to make a payment for pure content plays down the road. So I still think there's a year and a half, two year kind of gap that we will will reach there. At the moment, India is still very kind of education focused. That, hey, if I'm paying one rupee, what's the value I'm getting out of that one rupee? Uh, Mm. Which can be in a way quantified. So for our platform, what we are doing at this at this point of time, we are helping creators build workshops and cohort-based courses. Um, and there is a layer of community behind that cohort-based course as well uh, that acts very, very positively for that particular creator. And uh, a, a cooking creator can hold a cooking workshop. There's finance creators who are doing extremely well on the platform. Uh, And they do all these six week, 12 week kind of bootcamp slash cohort based courses with a smaller number of people, but uh, really expensive kind of ticket values. Uh, There's a very popular creator on the platform Mm. who's, who talks about psychology a lot and he's doing an introduction to psychology on the platform. And, and when he went direct to consumer, he was like, what the hell just happened? Like there is, there is a willingness to pay (laughs) for the creator. And
1: that is for something so niche, right?
0: That is for something so niche. And the the more important metric now that I have started telling creators is that even though you might have 2 million followers, that actually does not mean anything to be very honest. Mm-hmm. It's, it's actually about the depth of audience that you have. Um, one of our top 10 performing creators has just 15,000 followers on on Instagram, about 20,000 on on YouTube. And he's amongst the top 10 on our list. So just from a number standpoint, and he's a dating coach, just from a number standpoint, it's not that massive, but the depth of community around the content he's creating is Mm. so strong Mm. that that there's a multiple number of customers that kind of arrive overall to pay him for whatever value he is providing. So so that's like the overall thesis around this.
1: And, one thing which I always found interesting is that you know if you look at it globally a lot of people are doing pre-recorded courses do pre you know everything is just like only mm. recorded and put out there one of the things that seems to be interestingly unique to the Indian market is that we want things to be live we want it to be okay this person is here right yeah. now and doing this for me Yeah What do you say yeah. is there a, is, is there a broader reasoning behind it or is it just like what consumers seem to really want?
0: My understanding would be one of the reasons is because of the COVID effect. Um, mm-hmm. As we all moved towards pure live sessions and, and having live interactions, people became much more comfortable with that. Um, and mm-hmm. getting an opportunity to also kind of interact and have those questions answered real time for whatever subject that they are kind of going after was a much more lucrative kind of an attachment versus me sitting back at home and just watching some pieces of content. Um, It engages me more. Hence, that that was more interesting. And I think another piece that is attached with it, especially when it comes to cohort-based courses, the value is not just from the creator, right? The value is also being a part of that cohort and being able to interact with other members of that cohort. And since because of COVID, the opportunity for you to meet new people also reduced drastically. These cohort-based programs kind of became a breeding ground for people to actually find like-minded people on, on the same front. So that's in like a very interesting thing I was thinking about. And yeah. this is something was, which was being sought for through these live cohort-based kind of interaction yeah, pieces yeah. as well. Those are two things I would think would make sense.
1: Yeah. And I feel the other interesting part about this entire space is you suddenly having, cause till now, you, you know, there's this, and everybody's quoted as one thing saying you ask kids across the world and they said the number one thing they want to be is a YouTuber, right? Um, sure. and, 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 and that's happening, but I feel now from a deeper sense, is thing, if you are a specialist or if you're a creator, who's not worried about who rather doesn't want to worry about creating something mass there is a way for you to monetize there's a way for you to constantly um you know build stuff out and you also have platforms who will support you in doing that you don't you don't have to build it from scratch because i think the worry for many is that do i have to build it from scratch i don't even know how to do all these things um, right you know and it and it's uh, i think it's also a requirement for sophistication in the space where you know, people are doing oh, it out sure. across, let's say, random Zoom calls or or any of that. Right now, you suddenly like, I have a platform which has kind of built something out to kind of help you right. do that. What are you True. seeing as, as things that creators actually ask you? Saying, this is what I really want for me to build something out of the platform. I'm really looking for this feature or something. Like that. What, what have you seen in recent times? What are people really t- talking about and asking for?
0: I think there are two pieces that creators kind of really highlight at the moment because we are... As a company, they know the narrative is more monetization. We Just like we're thinking of our, of our brand tagline as well. And we mm-hmm. put it like, think monetization, think tag mango. I will mm-hmm. I'll take some insights from you after, <laughs> after the podcast. <laughs> but um, on the monetization piece, what they're asking for is two parts. One is NFTs is something mm-hmm. that creators are coming to us and saying that, Hey, are you guys doing this? This is very yeah. exciting. And uh, maybe we can potentially explore somewhere around this and I won't spill all the beans, but we are very, very excited and we are looking at the space very closely and, yeah. and we'll, do, we'll do something cool in that space as well. And second, second, I think a lot of them have come to us from a merchandising standpoint as well. Although there are a the few players who, who have been doing kind of merchandising for creators, folks like Red Wolf, The Merch Bay, All of these guys are very, very creative focused a lot. That is also becoming a bigger and bigger ask for creators overall. And they're thinking, okay, direct to consumer, what else can I do? So this is on the monetization piece, what creators ask. The second piece that creators ask a lot is on the community piece, right? Because they are slaves to the algorithm and... that effectively, I've seen this firsthand when I was building content on Facebook in 2018, I had built an audience of like 200,000 people. I was getting 40,000 views in like four hours on my Facebook videos. Overnight, Mark Zuckerberg decided to kill the organic reach. And then I was not getting like 4,000 views in a day. I was like, I'm not able to reach to my audience unless I actually pump in money and reach out to my own audience, which I built with my own sweat. So, and that is something you're seeing as a trend across platforms. So even right now, Instagram Reels was giving a lot of organic traffic a year ago. Yeah. Right now a lot of those Instagram real creators have started seeing that there's a fall in terms of their engagement, they're unable yeah. to reach to the creator, to their own audience, et cetera, et cetera. So that second piece of community is something they really come forward that, hey Divyanshu, how do we solve for this? Because on a certain days. We might be we might be really popular and really hot, uh, and brands would be effectively paying me a lot of money when we are hot and with that engagement. But mm. when times like this come in, what do I do then? So that's the yes. second ask, which I've seen constant across the industry.
1: No, I have a bunch more things to ask you, but I know we need to go in for a break. So you are just going to do that and be right back. With advertising is dead. Right. Welcome back to Advertising is Dead, we're still talking to Divyanshu, um, you know, you mentioned NFTs briefly before we went in for break and, and I want to ask you this because I think that too many people talk about it, there are too many things out there about NFTs, but at a base level for a creator. Sure. Tell me how NFTs could really work hmm. for creators. I think I think at, at the base level, that's what if you can dig into that rather than, because I know there's too much information. Whenever there's too much information, people get very confused about how this could actually benefit them, what they could do with it. So how do you say at a base level, how, how can NFTs sure. help creators?
0: So I think understanding NFTs, there are there are two pieces when it comes to what creates a value of an NFT in effect and understanding that first. Uh, is important to answer the, the question that you asked. One piece that drives an NFT's kind of popularity or word, let's say it's like a Mona Lisa. The art in itself is so good that it has inherent value attached to it. And once it's on the blockchain, it's the only unique piece that people can further purchase and then, then own it itself. So that's one side of the narrative. The second side of the narrative is that the art might not be in, intrinsically valuable but the influence attached uh, of a person, of an entity, of an organization with that art is what is valuable. And the bet is actually that the influence of that person will further increase going down the road. So, for example, like if in a 19-year-old Virat Kohli would have launched an NFT, which would just be a, a random picture he kind of clicked on, a, on his first day at training, for example. Uh, And he would have NFT that and his people would have, some people said that, okay, Virat's influence will increase down the road. And today he's at 170 million followers on Instagram and one of the most, the most influential person in the country. So the value is attached with his influence itself. So that's the second piece uh, for NFTs. So when it comes to creators, um, apart from the art and design based creators, everyone else who's playing the pure influence and community kind of game fall into this category. And when they think of NFTs, they should, it can be super broad-based, but having an, an angling or an inclination towards their own brand and that correlation made with the NFT is very important. So for example, a Yashraj doing a Rasode Mekonta mm-hmm. or a Slaypoint doing a Binod or mm-hmm. something which is, which the audience or a, or a mostly sane doing Dumb Dumb Army, or the things that she talks about, or a Bhuvan Bang doing a caricature of the different caricature no, of the different characters he's he's built across uh, on YouTube itself. So having an already built-in kind of understanding with the audience around that NFT is, mm. I feel, that my personal opinion is a much better way to kind of build an NFT, which can be mm. in the form of a of an image, like a mm. beautifully designed image. It could be in the form of a GIF. It could be in the form of a video clipping as well. Uh, mm. So, I mean, that is that is a broad range of topic. You are betting that your influence will also increase over the next 10 years. And that is what the audience is in effect banged into. Mm. That is how creators should go about approaching NFTs overall.
1: And that's actually an interesting point. It, it, it's in a way you're investing in the person. Because I, I think the, the worry for many people is, okay, I'm not an artist. I'm not creating art. Um, I'm a I'm a content creator or an yet. Right. How will my NFT hold value? But this whole concept of investing in the person before at a certain level Correct. and as they scale, this will scale in value. So you're talking almost collectible in that sense, but you're also talking value add. You can kind of get because. Um, You thought this was going to be bigger before they became bigger in that sense. Correct.
0: Because inherently, like be it an NFT or be it a coin that's there on the internet, like a Bitcoin or, or Ethereum, whatever those are, the thesis behind that or the thesis on top of which blockchain tech can actually work is collective trust. Mm. If the collective trust increases, so if 100 people believe that Bitcoin is worth 100 rupees and that 100 changes to a thousand people, the collective trust around the value of the coin is increasing overall. So using that same analogy, so if you have 100 followers today who believe that the value of your NFT is X and then you have a thousand people saying that, okay, no, the value of owning into his own NFT or coin or whatever they've launched on the blockchain will be a certain thing. The value, it's a pure demand supply kind of play. The demand mm-hmm. will increase the price for it and you'll make more money on top of it.
1: I think I think a conversation around this will be an entire episode to itself. So uh, I think I will I will keep that for <laughs> an extended true. conversation. <laughs> maybe when maybe whenever we do part two, uh, which I'm pretty sure will be uh, around this space. That, um, that. I also want to talk to you about what the plan is going ahead at Tag Mango, right? Because I think you know you you like you mentioned you've done a bunch of pivots um, and you've come to the point where you're at. Mm, you've also been able to scale up the number of creators, the kind of things that are actually happening on the platform, and you've seen a certain right. level of scale there, and and it's only getting larger in that sense, so right. what are the areas you're focusing on? Because in many ways, the areas you're focusing on also kind of detail out where this space is kind of going, right, so I want to kind of get uh, a bit of perspective on that.
0: That's right kind of you to say and coming from you as well, uh, puts a lot of kind of pressure on us <laughs> to define the space too. I'll tell you how I look at the space and what we wish to do overall as a company. So I say this a lot. And this is the first time I'm saying this in public. I've done a, as well, like we, we want to become the sixth logo behind the truck. So if there is a, a Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Pinterest, Twitter, the sixth logo should be tagged Mango. And whenever anyone sees that logo, they can identify in their head that everything monetizable for a certain creator or an entity Mm. is available within that platform itself. So if Mm. you're doing, let's say on the education piece, which is courses, cohort-based courses right now, then we want to diversify the different products that we can do both as virtual products and physical products, be it Mm. NFTs, merch, etc, etc. And build a shop for the creator saying that, hey, if you want to buy anything from me, it's right here on Tag Mango itself. Mm. and that's the narrative we effectively want to drive and at the moment we are and one of the advantages we have is that since we're in india and we are still at the cusp of the transition uh, there's not been a lot of players who are built for the creator economy because creator economy is maturing at this stage itself uh, we have that significant advantage to take learnings from the us and also implement that uh, here in india as well so that's what the long term i'm give, i've given you like a very uh, yeah. long term view in terms of how how we're looking at the space. But that's something we're, we're going to build. And those are things we're already building uh, in house at the company.
1: What do you also have an interesting focus on is, is, is this whole concept of a creator house. Um, and, and that's something which you're going to be setting true. up as well, um, which I find very interesting because I, I've, I've obviously seen a bunch of content around that happening in the US. Haven't heard mm. that really being done in a certain way here. Um, I, I'd love to hear more on that one.
0: Okay. So in effect, so we're launching, we're launching this by the time this podcast comes out, we launched, uh, but we're launching this creator house where we've taken a cool space in Juhu at the moment. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a villa in Juhu, it's a beachfront kind of very Goa kind of vibe. And mm-hmm. uh, creators can come and stay along with us. So there are three mm-hmm. rooms that they can stay with. So if a creator is starting from anywhere across the world, or even if in Bombay mm-hmm. wants to stay with us, they can stay with us. There's a living area where there's a community co-working piece, uh, mm-hmm. where they can work out of brainstorm, collaborate with other creators, et cetera, et cetera. There's a bunch of cool areas they can even shoot content uh, in. And we hold a lot of, a ton, ton of panel discussions, community meets through a lot of kind of creator parties as well and get togethers overall in order to build that community. uh, The idea overall is that creators build content in silos and it's very difficult for them to actually find other creators and interact with other creators. We wanted to do some kind of a give back to the community so that we strengthen the community overall and it matures much faster. So this is the first space that we're opening and we want to open more of these across the country, down the road. But Mumbai, Juhu, if you're listening to this podcast and if you're a creator or someone interested in this space, reach out to us, we'd be happy to host you here sweet plugin in in advertising is that <laughs> of
1: course <laughs> no i i find i find the the concept very interesting right because i i feel that one of the things that makes any industry scale up is community and not just community of people consuming stuff from the economy but really people who are creating stuff in it and which is why you you've had that concept yeah. of 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 clubs uh, i'm guessing in in all spaces for the longest time that really helped build out entire industries Correct. right so Correct. i find this concept interesting also because i think it gives um the ability to do a lot of collaborations as well between creators i think it'll also kind of lend to for sure um, and like you mentioned like there will be learning there will be collaborations and also kind of gives people a sense of okay fine once again this is this is something that has so many more people in it so i feel like i'm part of something larger um, for sure creating from home for a lot exactly. of hours like i've been exactly. sitting in this spot for i've been sitting in this spot for like two years now and recording um sometime maybe going <laughs> to a space will make me feel like right. it's part of something larger otherwise i'm just sitting here in my short set at home and recording it right so exactly like, um, i think i think it's it's very interesting yeah what i do want to ask you though which i think is the most important question i have never asked you why did you <laughs> call it tag mango <laughs>
0: That's like one of the most common questions that, that we get. Yeah, you've not asked me that question.
1: I've never asked you that question.
0: Uh, since it's your show, so I will tell you both the honest answer uh, and the PR answer. So yeah. I'll, I'll give you both sides of the, yeah. the story on, on this show itself. So, so the honest answer effectively is when we started off Tag Mango early in 2019, both Hassan and I, my co-founder, we've, we've been from day zero very, very focused on speed. That we want to get things done fast. And one of the blockages we've seen that companies coming up with is, is name. That now final that register company, so he said, no, we have a hard deadline. We have two weeks to finalize on a name. Uh, even if we just do find a good name in the two weeks, that's a good worthwhile two weeks. So that's the only task on our to-do list. Find a name. Um, and the only caveat that we had with the name was we wanted a .com name. We did not want mm-hmm. a .co, .in or anything like that. A .com name, yeah. which is very hard to find in today's world. Yeah. We went on our journey to find a name. We were thinking on multiple levels. We were doing all kinds of permutation combination. Uh, his family lineage, my family lineage, trying to find <laughs> a name, a combination. Uh, very random words that that kind of fit into the .com piece. We I remember we we identified a word called Fozako, which was very much like Zomato. I mean, like Zomato is like it has no meaning, right? I mean, yeah. uh, overall they create a meaning out of the name. Uh, yeah. And and we were we were running through all these permutation combinations. And on the final day, uh, on one list, I remember there was fruits and vegetables kind of written, and we had social media kind of different metrics like comment, share, tag, all of this sitting on. Us. And yeah. we were just randomly trying out, and this came like mango tag we searched on the .com, get a search builder, mango tag arrived. Uh, and that was not available. And then uh, I put in tag mango and that was available. And <laughs> then I said, tag mango, tag mango. It sounds a little funny, but it's got a catch to it. It's got a ring to it. Yeah. So you say, okay, tag mango. I called up six, seven people of my friend and say, what do you think? What do you think? And they all said, yes, let's go for it. Uh, I said, okay, let's go for it. If in future something happens, then we might have to change or whatever it is. But yeah. right now it's tag mango. But this is done with. This is two weeks we completed our deadline to-do listing. Now it comes to building the PR story. What do you say? I can't say this story. This is not an exciting thing <laughs> enough story. When when I now now, when I anyone asks, what's the PR story? I say it was a very well-thought name. I put in a lot of thought for deciding upon the name. Yeah. Um, and the core mission of the company is to build financial independence for people around us. Mm. Uh, and we feel that internet is the enabler for that. So tag. Is, an, uh, is a representation of the internet. Mm. And Mango is a representation of the common man or the arm art. So taking that Very entire well narrative, that thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> so how we get that common man to use the internet and figure out financial independence for himself or herself is what stands at the core mission of our company itself. And this is what I tell to every PR study and everyone who asks me this question.
1: And I know it's interesting <laughs> Because I think the learning from that also is that oftentimes, like I, I know for a fact, we spent six months trying to think of the name for Glitch Red right? before we started off. Right. Um, we had multiple names yeah. and we didn't do it. Valid point, of, we did two weeks, we did six months, but even then the name just came out of randomness. <laughs> I think most times, some of the every okay. company name comes out of a deep sense of randomness. Or Something Correct. that sounds fun or sounds something you'll remember, and then you build Correct. a narrative around it. Uh, but the narrative is interesting, I think. The, the PR one, the comms one, is actually very interesting because it kind of does add up in that sense. So you can kind of build a narrative, uh, um, true, true. With, with all that there. Um, true,
0: true. so yeah,
1: I want to ask you that if I'm a creator today, uh, if I'm someone who's looking to be a creator, mm-hmm. let's say I'm 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 someone just out of college, I am actually start creating content out of college right now and I want to do this. If I have to sit down and say, okay, what are the opportunities I have to kind of build a career out, not just as a creator, but in the creator economy? What do you feel like broadly the opportunities are?
0: Right. So, so effectively, I think there are two pieces to it. One is, of course, you can become a creator yourself and you can identify the platforms you'd like to attack and the niches that you'd want to build that content in. And uh, one of the ways of actually approaching it is Actually understanding what are your strong points or things you have knowledge bases in and then starting starting to build a content or community around the same. For example, if you're an editor, then you can just build content around editing itself. And there's a community of people, even those are 500 or 1,000 people that kind of join in. That's a very, very deep community that you can monetize in an extremely big way. So first, understanding uh, and approaching that in that format that, okay, a niche driven kind of approach to creation itself, if I'm thinking of becoming a content creator. And second, I, I on the content creator side itself, I usually share it with people is that at every stage of different tech platforms, there are certain tech platforms that will give you more organic reach versus other tech, which, is, which we've seen across like Facebook skilled organic reach, Instagram Reels is organic reach is there, but it's still on the declining trend. Uh, So your job as a creator is to identify as well, where is the organic reach, which is usually identified by when there is a gap in supply and demand, when the supply of creators is lesser compared to the amount of content that's being consumed. So right now, if you ask me, which are those platforms, I I would say YouTube Shorts is one of those platforms that you can distribute content in Mm. LinkedIn, and Twitter, these are like three platforms that are really giving a lot of organic reach to creators. And of course, Instagram Reels to some extent is still on in terms of organic reach overall. Uh, I think that's a smart way to approach content creation and, and how to go about building that community and narrative. And I'll just add one more point on top of it. Like, don't just think... That creation, only once you have 100,000 followers, then you can start monetizing because that's the standard narrative that's been set over the last three years. Start thinking of monetization from day zero and mm. do your own research in terms of what are the different ways you can monetize using your skill sets itself. So that is one area that you can potentially attack as a content creator. Uh, the other part, which is being a part of the entire like creator economy overall, I think there's a ton of opportunities if you are someone like someone really driven and smart. Please join us. We'd love to get you guys on board. We're <laughs> another plug-in. Yes, on <laughs> advertising is dead, but there are a lot of other companies that are building a lot of cool things overall in the in the creator economy. I think going on, working along with them, uh, uh, looking at the space closely, following people who talk about the creator economy, even in the US, and identifying those trends and reading upon what exactly has happened in terms of that curve and how that that entire economy work when it comes to the creator economy. Those are things that I think someone who's excited about the space should definitely do. Because that's what's going to happen here in India as well. And that's what we are most excited about. It's a no-brainer. We are three times the size of the US. So the number of creators will also be on a directly proportional kind of a format. And that's where we're at. That's the most exciting space to be, I think, to be building overall as a company too.
1: Yeah. Towards the... um... So the end of every episode, I ask my guests a series of questions. Uh, they pretty much stay the same, but I always I, I find it fun to wind up every episode with this because I think it's it gives you more perspective on the person rather than just the work which you talk about. Beyond sure. building out Tag Mango, um, what do you spend a lot of time doing? What what, uh, what keeps your interest beyond work, if you can call this work in the sense? I know that you're twenty four seven on Tag Mango, so hence, what do you spend? Uh, what what keeps, <laughs> you, what keeps your attention beyond the company?
0: I think there's a, actually there's a ton of things uh, about my personality which a lot of people don't know. Um, I'm professionally trained in scuba diving. So I love scuba diving a lot. Uh, I'm professionally trained in skiing. so I love skiing a lot. So I'm very deep into adventure overall as a person. Uh, I'm very deep into books. So I read, I read like a lot. I love reading and primarily non-fiction, but sometimes I mix it up with a little fiction and fantasy kind of reading as well. I love wildlife. So wildlife photography, and that is something that's just come from my dad. Uh, wildlife overall is something that really piques my interest. So we do all these trips to wildlife parks, sanctuaries, et etc., et cetera, And a ton of them we've done. I love to explore the world of spirituality. I'm still trying to wrap my head around it and trying to gauge that but that definitely is something that takes my interest and I try to educate myself more on the subject so that is something that that is very much and this is what I enjoy doing the most what I'm doing right now uh, which is conversing with smarter minds than than myself and being able to learn through these conversations uh, is something that 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 is like on the top of the list in terms of what interests me a lot
1: that last part is 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 definitely something for me as well like th- this podcast is more for me to learn uh, then I think f- for a lot of the audience as well makes sense um, you mentioned books so would you have anything that you've read recently that you'd recommend or, or even something which you've watched or listened to
0: um, right now I'm, I'm reading if you're a startup entrepreneur if and you're in that stage I'm reading Blitzscaling by Hoffman, mm. which is like yeah. we're at the stage where we need to blitzscale it's fabulous. but uh, while on the flight from yeah it's fabulous like it just kind of puts that mindset shift in terms of how you need to go about thinking scale overall as a company uh, while you're building Startups. So it's totally kind of disrupted my thinking process. And a lot of my decisions are also kind of now in blitz scaling mode. I'll just add this anecdote. Like I'm very dramatic as a person. So even in the company, if you ask my team overall, I, I like I like drama because I feel drama overall piques the human interest a lot. So we have we have this Monday team call with the entire team kind of comes in. Uh, And uh, it was three weeks ago, we had this Monday team call and I built a lot of like, hey, we've we've done this, you're growing this much, et cetera, et cetera. And then I said, now hereby I announce the era of blitz scaling in (laughs) Tag Bango. Like things like that I keep doing within (laughs) within the company as well. So that is something I'm reading, which is pretty cool. Uh, I read a very cool book, which is Man's Search for Meaning. Mm -hmm. It further, it is about a psychiatrist who went through the Nazi camp um, and he was breaking down um, both the he was doing analysis of or, or psychoanalysis of both the prisoners, the camp guards, his entire journey, and further what actually truly makes sense while we are living on this planet. Um, his conclusion at the end of the day, it's like a I'm doing like a spoiler for the book. Hmm. But uh, his conclusion at the end of the day, which I truly believe in, is is love, and that is at the core of whatever drives a human being. Um, hmm. And uh, that was something an interesting read, which I would definitely recommend others to read as well.
1: That's actually, I, I, that makes total sense, right? And, and the conclusion is is definitely what it's all about, and I couldn't agree more on that one. I want to. Close off by asking you this. Um, why do you think the creator economy will not die?
0: Why do I think the creator economy will not die? Yeah. If I could have shared my screen and showed a video, then I would have showed dead poet society, societies that, that one clipping <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> where, uh, I forgot the name of the actor. Robin Williams. Uh, Robin Williams. Yeah, Robin Williams. Yeah. Robin Williams shares that, uh, although all of these professions, which is, which is being a lawyer, being a doctor, in advertising, entrepreneurship, all of those are great. But what really touches the human being is, is art, is music, is poetry. And when that touches the soul of a human being, that is at the heart of the creator economy. Only the distribution formats will change. But the creator economy has been existing since time millennia. We've just packaged it under a creator economy and it will go on till humankind effectively exists. So that's how I'm going to answer your question. More philosophical, <laughs> but uh, I feel that's the right answer.
1: No, but it, it makes total sense. Thank you so much for doing this. Thanks for coming on the podcast. It's been it's been awesome. Um, I have a feeling we will end up doing a part two at some point of time. But uh, thanks again for coming on Advertising is dead.
0: Thank you so much for calling me. It's good that you said we'll, we might do a part two. So I know that I've said top sense on the podcast. <laughs> 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 that brings me a lot of solace. <laughs> Thank you once awesome. again, Varun.
1: Thanks, man. If you like this podcast and you want to listen to more podcasts like this, head over to the IBM podcast website or app or where you get your podcasts from and look at all the podcasts that IBM makes. There's some really fun stuff there.